Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. My name is Josephine Monberg and I am your host. You are now listening to the COVID-19 special edition of our show. Welcome to our podcast. Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of our podcast. As we all know, we are living in very strange times. I don't think any of us could have ever imagined being in the situation we're in right now. Our lives have been completely turned upside down. And this obviously also has a huge impact on businesses. And it also impacts the customer experience because I think that's also being completely um, turned upside down. And in some industries, the customer experience, the physical one doesn't even exist anymore. So it's important for companies to think about how they connect with their customers and truly listen to them to understand them, especially during uh, this tough time. And I'm joined by a company, I'm super excited, who has, I'd say completely, or maybe completely, but they've been reimagined their customer experience and really implemented it as part of their DNA. And they're able to really connect with their customers uh, as well today during this pandemic. So I'm joined by Lisa Colby, who is the Senior Customer Experience Manager at a company called Digital Realty. So Lisa, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. So Lisa, to start off with, tell us a little bit more about your role and what Digital Realty does. Yeah, absolutely. So Digital Realty provides a global data center platform to host critical infrastructure and interconnect digital ecosystems, providing a trusted foundation to scale our customers' digital business. So what that really means in layman's terms, right, is that data um, and digital infrastructure is at the core of any business that's going to be successful in a global economy, right? That That is changing and growing and a core piece of business. And and we really work to serve as the customer's foundation for all of those digital transformations. We provide you know, data centers, which really serve as a physical link to the virtual chain of data that powers the global economy. So right now, more than ever, I think it's a really... Um, important piece of the puzzle to keep us all up and running while we're working from home and binging Netflix. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, you guys play a critical role right now. I, I don't Absolutely. think it could have ever been be more important. And what does your role at Digital Realty, what do you do? Yeah. So, you know, from a high level, my, my job is a really fun one. I get to think about how to systemically bring the voice of our customers and those working closest with our customers, our frontline associates, they have these gold nuggets of knowledge of what's important and bringing that to the surface and into the hands of those that are making business decisions every day. In addition to that, um, I'm really looking to drive and support customer-centric culture so that not only the person that's serving the customer face-to-face at the data center, but also that VP that sits in an office somewhere, all equally have our customers' hearts and minds uh, at the forefront of their thought process. And why that really makes a difference now more than ever, I think, is that the world is changing so fast. What our customers need to be successful and compete I mean, COVID is a is a really acute example of that. But even before this pandemic, the the business needs of customers change so fast that unless we are listening to them directly, we're just 
guessing at what they need. Um, and it's just much more efficient and productive to go to the source and make the right changes to keep our customers happy, grow their footprint and acquire new customers. Yeah, I mean, I could not agree more. Vividly nodding my head for those listening, you wouldn't be able to see it, but <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I couldn't agree more. And you're right, being able to listen to your customer, you know, optimizing the employee experiences, which is one of the, the pieces you're focused on, of course, but also getting that knowledge from employees and also getting the knowledge directly from your customers so you can truly become a customer-centric business is, is critical in today's world. And I know you're sitting at home, so that's not a surprise, but where geographically can you uh, be found? Yep. So I, uh, I work remotely in Portland, Oregon, and, um, you know, I serve a global organization. So we have over 265 data centers across 20 countries and six continents. And so, you know, I, I get to kind of have my hand on a little bit of each of those all the way from my tiny office here in, in rainy Portland, Oregon. In rainy? It's raining <laughs> yeah. today. It is raining. It's gray and rainy today. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was. I'm in uh, Denmark, so very far away from you in Copenhagen, and it was also raining today. So, mm -hmm. um, I guess the weather is not with us. Um, okay. Well, thank you, Lisa, for giving me that great introduction. So let's. I want to learn more about what you guys have done because it is. It is really, really incredible. So, tell me more about. You've developed this customer listening program. How did you do this? How did you get started? Well, I mean, the, we started back, I think, in 2016 and really just kind of checked the box on customer experience. And I think a lot of companies who are who are listening to this are, are familiar where, you know, you stand up a relationship survey and we, you know, we have something that we're listening to. And because of methodology and small sample size, we found that we didn't have a lot of actionable insight. Since then, we have really grown tremendously. I think we've kind of, I would come from a, maybe a stage one of the Qualtrics maturity model from Bruce Temkin and team to maybe a stage four. And we've done that through a couple of things. One is we have a really fantastic leader. Our um, VP of global operations arrived around 2017 and really helped focus on building out a program and um, Mark Reynolds is looking at, looked at, you know, kind of overall program and staffing and, and really put some dedicated attention in place, which was really necessary. As of today, you know, we have really, really grown. We, um, in today's world, we have uh, still a very small footprint, right? We have about one and a half people or FTEs working on this program. And we've got um, transactional surveys. We've got um, relationship survey. We have some open listening posts. And every email signature of everybody at our company, there is a link at the bottom of their signature saying, do you have something to share? Please tell us. We have engaged employees in new ways by adding um, contests of how do you make it easier? How do we remove barriers? What products do we need? And we've had hundreds of, of suggestions come in via that platform. And we're leveraging Qualtrics to do all of this. But outside of kind of the survey component, which is maybe the nuts and bolts of it, we've done things like partnered with our internal communications team to align language from the 
the top down. We're looking at leveraging recognition in purposeful ways to drive culture and all kinds of things in between. So at a high level, we've gone kind of from the very simple to the very complex, from a push to a pull environment where people are actively engaging in the platform and pulling insights. Um, and, and there's a lot in there to unpack, mm -hmm. but I think at a high level, that that's kind of the journey we've mm. been on over the last couple of years. Yeah. And how are you seeing that impact right now on your culture? Because you you told me before we even did this interview that it's just truly, re, or it, it's completely changed your your DNA and you have this very customer-centric DNA across your entire business. So how have you seen those uh, changes? Yeah. And I, I would say, you know, I, I'm a fan of growth mindset, if you know anything about Carol Dweck's work. And so I would say we're, we're We've not arrived. We're never going to arrive, but we're always going to continue to move towards being more and more customer centric, integrating that partnership. Um, with that said, we have come tremendous a long way in the last couple of years. In today's world, we have letters from our CEO beginning with expressions like being customer obsessed and have a sense of urgency and understand what the, the customer's digital transformation is. What is what does success look like from the customer's point of view? And those messages are coming out from every leader at every kind of part of the organization. We have, um, from a formal standpoint, we've actually formalized some recognition programs using customer feedback via the survey or emails or whatnot. And for example, last year, we had over 750 teams or individuals recognized by customers. We had over 40 awards that were given out based on customer comments that we tied back to behaviors. So for example, you know, serving as one team that provides consistency and quality or making it easy for the customer, building relationships with the people that we serve. So we've identified sort of behaviors to reinforce throughout the organization. Um, and then again, worked very closely with our employee engagement teams um, to make sure that employees feel heard and empowered to bubble up ideas for improvement. Yeah. And, and you bring a good point because it's a it's a change that has to happen across the entire business, right? It's not enough to look at it in siloed and say, well, let's improve this piece of it. You kind of have to do it across everything. So it becomes um, a culture and a, a certain way of thinking about how you do your work every single day. And you you said that you got started on this journey or you you partnered with Qualtrics along this journey. So tell me a little bit about that partnership. How is, what, what's that been like? Yeah, it's been really, it's been really great. We, you know, I think, I, you know, I know this is never what you, you want to hear. I think a lot of the platform vendors are very similar, right? We, we at a core level, um, the thing that really was a benefit for us about moving to Qualtrics was, um, <clears throat> I mean, at a, at a high level, we, we got a 20% cost savings and, um, and we were able to do more with the platform for a couple of reasons. One is it, it's a self-service model. So for us, that's important because with only one and a half people, it's really important for us to be able to lift and shift and move and adapt. And like, for example, we needed to make a change to a um, data feed file. I know this isn't a, you know, a sexy topic, but it's an important, <laughs> in okay, important topic. <laughs> We were able to get on the phone and with with one another, and within a half an hour, completely change the mapping of the whole thing. It allows us to make quick changes when the business makes quick changes, right? So I don't know, 
Um, we all deal with that where we say, oh, we're doing this thing. And then something we're contingent on, a data source or a CRM changes uh, with no notice. <laughs> and we have to adapt quickly. We're able to do that. The other thing for me personally that I really value about Qualtrics that we've leveraged is that building and sharing kind of dashboards has has enabled us to change from a push to a pull dynamic. In our old world, we were sending out Excel spreadsheets, which is great because you can give very transparent data to uh, people that want it, who, you know, it helps to eliminate that, is it true question from field leaders. Um, what it doesn't do though, is it doesn't make it engaging. It doesn't allow it to be in their hands at the moment that they need it. And in today's world, we've built a lot of different dashboards. For example, our the person in charge of our security um, organization, which is what our, you know, when a customer walks through the door at a data center, they have to check in with a security gate. We have redundancies, there's IDs, there's badges, there's a whole process. Um, and that's part of our value as a business is that our employees or our, our customers, I should say, know that their equipment and power and everything is safe and secure. That's a huge, huge reason that people um, component of a data center. And so that that process is always, let's call it hard, right? Because the, the easy thing is to, from a customer experience perspective is no gates, no checkpoints, just walk through the door. It's easy peasy. Um, but that doesn't actually achieve the goal of keeping their data safe and secure. Letting no one in the building also is painful because, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not helpful. So it's an important marriage. Um, and that's where customer listening, I think, really finds its home of understanding where can we become more accommodating in letting people through the door without risking security? How do we, you know, what are the parts of that experience, whether it's requesting a badge, walking through the front door, finding where they need to go in the building? What are the pieces that are working and not working? And that's where customer listening is really powerful. So we, we have partnered with our security team to create dashboards for them so that they not only are getting pulled in in the closed loop if there's some sort of escalation or negative or low scoring survey, but also they're able to pull at any time both the positive and constructive feedback of anything related to um, kind of walking through the building at the, the front door. And what that has enabled us to do is we've actually seen some, some great results. People are uh, more satisfied, you know, 14% more satisfied with the check-in experience year over year this year. Um, and that I think is in part to, due to letting them see in, in, you know, data and experiences what that looks like and which pieces to address first. That's, that's amazing. So you're connecting like your employees directly with data, with the insights, and then letting them optimize the experience that they provide as they go. That that's that's incredible, yeah. and you talked talked a little bit now about the value that you've achieved in um, in implementing these. What what other um, value have you have you gained? Well, as far as metrics go, I mean the results we've seen are are really pretty incredible. We've seen double digit NPS growth year over year over the last uh, few years, which you know if you're familiar with the NPS metric, that's a really tough. Yeah one to do. And I would accredit that to, you know, changing culture, as well as some of these very hard, you know, improvements around um, improving portals, improving check-in processes, you know, um, simplifying things for customers. 
We've also seen uh, over the last three years some pretty great metrics as well, 21% improvement in retention, um, you know, consistently increasing revenue in the stock price. So, you know, these are not one-to-one -one alignments, but it's part of an ecosystem of success, um, which I think is really the key to any customer listening program. It is not, if your customer listening program is a standalone and you're seeing yourself as mm. worse CX, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. My job, you know, I'll talk to folks all the time and I'll tell them my job is to help you to be successful. And I do that by equipping you with knowledge that you may not have to make decisions. And my internal customers are my customers and they're serving their external customers. So, you know, it's really integrating yourself into the DNA of the organization and not being a standalone entity, which I think really helps to set up for success. Yeah. And now let's talk a little bit about the current situation that we're in the unavoidable topic how are you using your um, customer listening program now or your um, your customer experience program to better engage with your customers um, during COVID? Maybe also how are you using it to connect with your employees better during this tough time? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I think that um, the biggest thing I'll say is it, right now, the changes that we've made in culture from the top down are really a huge benefit to our customers and our organization. The goal in today's world is to is the same as it was before, which is to power the digital ambitions of our customers, right? To help them through their digital transformations. What has changed drastically is what those digital ambitions are. What are their digital transformation projects? Whereas before they might be looking at expanding footprints or doing, you know, doing different kinds of things within their own business. Now they're often looking at how do I serve customers? We had a customer who is a internet provider in California, and they specifically provide internet to kind of the Napa Valley area. Yeah. And, Busy area. Um, <laughs> yeah, really remote areas, right? And and that's their specialty. And And they were going along and they had... Uh, you know, everything was running really well. And then all of a sudden, all of their, all of their uh, residents and, you know, customers are all of a sudden working from home. Silicon Valley executives who are no longer driving into the office and their bandwidth blew up overnight. You know, in a data center, things take some time to get implemented. These are, these are complex things that in involve, you know, putting an antenna on the roof and, in, you know, installing <laughs> you equipment. I mean, these are not quick things to do. And yet this customer who was a, a relatively new customer for us um, and what you can even call a smaller customer, right? They're not one of the big guys. They said, gosh, you know, we are really stuck here. And they worked with our sales team and our customer success team to get things spun up really quickly because they needed to take care of their customers. So in today's environment, this provider is now able to keep their, you know, Silicon Valley executive online and doing their job because we're able to make exceptions where we need to. Um, likewise, we have some other larger customers where we are, um, you know, obviously we are limiting work at the sites and trying to keep all of our employees safe at the same time, balancing the needs of our customers. And, and we have some customers who are supporting health organizations or hospitals. And so our customers will tell our, uh, our CSMs, our customer success managers, 
I understand there's limitations. Here's what what's going through our site. And we'll say, gosh, okay, let's let's make sure that that stays live, right? I mean, these are human beings' lives that are supported by the infrastructure that our customers are running through our data centers, which also makes me feel really good about kind of the work we do, right? We're, we're really at the heart of some pretty important things. And so I'm proud of the culture that we have because in today's world, those conversations are much easier and much more natural and part of the DNA than they may have been two years ago. Yeah, and, you, and you're showing so much empathy right now. Um, to your customers, right? Because you're able to listen to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. You're able to understand very, very quickly the changes that they're going through. And then you can respond to that um, very, very quickly as mm -hmm. well, which again shows not just that you're listening, but you're also able to act. So what about your employees? How are you taking care of them? Are you doing anything differently now? Um, you know, because we are in, in the middle of our global pandemic. Yeah, I... I mean, from a from a from a company standpoint, there's lots of things that are going on around, you know, PTO and recognition and all kinds of stuff. I'm going to stick to in in you know my answer really about this, the CX kind of part of that, uh, because we're doing some really different things. We've always focused on storytelling as a big piece of driving and supporting culture. And for example, every month I write a story about a customer. We call it the customer behind the survey. We take a survey comment that someone has already seen, and then we talk to the customer, do a little interview, and write up what are you know what are their digital ambitions, what are their projects they're working on, um, <clears throat> and how you know how does that all come together? In today's world, we're really starting to shift those conversations and those stories to be ones that help connect employees and customers and tell the story of all of the hard work that our people are doing and how that pays off. For example, one that I'm just actually publishing today um, <laughs> has to do with a survey that came in and, and the customer said something along the lines of, you know, uh, this remote hands tech is, you know, save the day. He's awesome. Everybody in that site's awesome. Talking about actually our New York site. So the epicenter of, oh. of the, yes, of of the, the pandemic. pandemic in the U S and, said, you know, with all the craziness going on, it, it, I know that I can trust that things will get done because your remote hands team is always there for me. And the remote hands team is, is just to give some context to the listeners is the team that's on site that can do things that the customer would do if they were on site, right? Change connections, test equipment, so on and so forth. And this customer told me as we were chatting, how important relationship was to her. And especially during this time, so then I went and talked to the remote hands tech who happened to be working at 930 at night to help support our command center because we're all hands on deck right now to make sure that we are there for our customers. And he and I had a conversation and he shared how important relationship is from his perspective. And then we're putting a story together with a picture of both of their faces and how this really, especially during a pandemic, but this really is important at any time of year with any situation that relationships matter and having a trusted um, relationship with the people that we work with is really important. And by the way, these folks have never seen each other, I think, face to face, right? These are all remote <sighs> relationships. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, this is how our business works. We're, we're in the background doing the work so that our customers can focus on what's important for them. 
and know that their data is safe, secure, online, and reliable. And so that that sort of automated piece is important, but also the relationship. And so we're telling more stories around that. With that said, we also have a site where we have all kinds of employee kudos that have come in via email or um, or survey or any other thing. And you know, we have comments that we post up that include things like grabbing one that's in front of me, the COVID response has definitely been successful and DLR should be proud of, of the process and the people that helped put this program into place, right? These are unprecedented times and the challenges are tough as we try to maintain the safety of our employees and provide high quality service. Your team should be proud of the way they've handled this. So we make sure to grab every single one of these and there's a lot of them and make sure as many people at digital hear those messages because people are tired. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening, we're all tired. We're all doing more with less. Knowing that we connect to a purpose and that we're serving people well helps to motivate employees during times of, of extreme change and crisis. Yeah, and and you really hit the nail there, right? And what I think is, is ext- extremely incredibly cool about what you just told me is that you're actually using the customer experience that you gain insight about to also nurture your the employee experience because like you said you're using directly what your customers are telling mm-hmm. you to motivate your employees and to also I'm sure encourage them through this crisis and I think that's really where businesses today hit the sweet spot is in connecting the customer to the employee and then using that throughout the entire uh, organization. We, we, you know, we know from sort of social science and brain science that burnout is a real thing. And one of the things that has been proven over and over again to reduce burnout almost more than anything else is connecting employees with purpose. And now more than ever, we have an opportunity to do that. And if anyone is using a CX program as a big club just to go after the negative stuff, you're missing a huge opportunity right? Um, and I think that's, that's, that's what happens in almost all CX programs early on in the maturity model is you're, you're, you're solving problems, you're putting out fires, and we still need to focus on that. But there's this really beautiful gift in what customers are saying that's going well and gratitude and um, a kind of a human connection, even through a process that can be capitalized on so that you can help take some of the burden away from your employees by letting them know what they're doing matters. Yeah. And you're so spot on. And I'll even bring up a personal example. I, the other day, there was a customer who listened to one of the podcast episodes that I've done and reached out to someone at SAP. And that, you know, again, gave me purpose. If I could have more of those experiences, I'm sure that I would feel, again, very, very motivated to do what I do. And I'm just one person. There's uh, hundreds of Thousands of people that work at SAP, also tons of people that work at Digital Realty, but and companies in general. But I believe creating that link between the two and creating that purpose is is so uh, powerful. Um, but lastly, Lisa, what I wanted to to get your thoughts on is so we've talked a lot about you starting this program, you using it under uh, COVID. Now, what are your future um, plans for continuing to sustain this DNA that you this amazing DNA of uh, customer experience that uh, customer centricity that you've created. Yeah, I think overall uh, our our focus as a company, you know, there's a couple of things. One is we have to continue some of the things we've achieved. We've we're we're calling customers back uh within less than one business day when they give us a low or active, you know, 
uh, survey. We are leveraging feedback for good as well as for improvement. Um, those kinds of things and, and making sure that the information is accurate and timely, those all need to continue, right? That's a, that's a table stakes game going forward. With that said, I think we have a number of projects on the horizon. Um, one of them is we want to, we're a B2B company. And so I think any B2B company that's in the CX space is really trying to crack the nut on understanding the difference between um, the voice of the decision makers and the voice of those that are doing the work with the boots on the ground. And, and take, not that either one is more important, but the type of feedback that each give are important to different people within our company, right? So the folks that are signing um, our, our contracts and leases, things like pricing and negotiation and, and those kinds of things, overall value of the relationship is really important. Um, folks that are walking through the lobby, the check-in experience is very important. And so understanding how to break those out and define them and listen to all sides of that relationship is something that we're focused on for 2020 and beyond. Um, I think the other thing is, Continue, just continuing to focus on action. Um, none of this matters if it doesn't come down to action. And, um, you know, I think we've done a good job and uh, we have more room to grow. And, you know, my, my hope is that in, in, in a year or two that we're even further along the path of any time we're taking action, we're thinking first about what it looks like from the customer and employee experience. And then finally, I think we have we've integrated the employee experience with CX at a high level, right? Um, we have we have uh, competitions that allow employees to dial in to um, give recommendations for changes. We have aligned some questions on the employee engagement survey and our relationship survey so that we can understand how easy it is our, for employees to serve our customers and start to look at correlation there. With that said, I think it's still scratching the surface. When this is truly 100% integrated in the DNA, we are looking at those two things together 100% of the time. And so I think that you know there's more room to grow there. With that said, the other component of this is that we don't know what the future is going to bring and being flexible, exactly. being flexible in change, being flexible in where our CX program is going to go is really ultimately going to be led by what our customers tell us is important. Um, and I don't know what that's going to look like. Being open to changing our program as the needs change within the organization is probably one of the most important things for CX programs to thrive over time. Could not agree more. And I think, again, once again, you hit the nail there. It's about being flexible. And to your point, we don't know what's going to happen in, in the future. We're living in strange times right now everything has been completely um turned upside down everything has changed who knows how what's what the new normal is going to be so doing what you're doing using data on a continuous basis to listen to your customers using it to motivate your employees using it to change the way you run your business and um is is going to be absolutely critical so lisa you were an amazing guest uh, I'm so happy that you came on our show. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This is a uh, first podcast. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you did a great Thanks. job. You did a great job. Nobody would ever know that this was your first podcast. So <laughs> Lisa, honestly, you were awesome. I'm so glad that you joined. And to everybody who listened, um, 
Thank you so much for listening in. And I hope that I'll see you on the next episode of our show. Thanks, everyone. Stay healthy. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. Please subscribe to our channel, Industry Insights by SAP at OpenSAP, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. To learn more about what SAP is doing to help you cope in COVID-19, you can go to sap.com about global health safety and find free access to select SAP software, tools to support your business, and much more. Stay safe, everyone.